I'm Carrington Vanston. I'm Mike McGinnis. And this is No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Isn't it, Mike? Isn't it? Admit it. I suppose you're right, Carrington. You know I'm right. How are you? Uh, well, I'm doing well. Uh, wishing that we had recorded this game earlier before you figured out the <laughs> secret. Darn you. <laughs> we should tell our audience, yeah, we were just discussing this. Earlier in the we normally record on Wednesday evenings, and uh, last, and we had to delay by a couple of days, and at at the point we were normally going to record, I couldn't even get like a third of the way through the first building. I was just getting destroyed by this game. And then it clicked. And <laughs> I figured out some tips. I shared them with Mike. I've done much better. And I've left Mike in my dust. <laughs> uh, yes, this is the, I think, the fourth week in a row where you've beaten me. It's the best delay soundly. ever. Uh, not happy about this. Let's go back to Wednesday and, and record then. I sucked on Wednesday. I know you did. That's what I'm hoping for. It's, it's awesome. Such a oh, good delay. Man. All right. Well, obviously, we're talking about the game Crazy Climber. Um, I'm sure that everybody figured that out. I know I got a few tweets saying, it's Crazy Climber. And, yeah, me too. Uh, Dr. Quest like had was the first guy who sent it to me. So congrats to him yeah. for first guy pointing it out to me. He also sent us uh, or sent me some... Uh, things on Twitter about pinball games. I had mentioned last episode, sort of flippantly, like, why would people ban pinball games and say it's gambling and blah, blah, blah. I'm so smart. I know everything. I knew nothing. <laughs> because it turns out, if I only knew my history, that pinball games used to be payout games. You would play them and they would pay money. It was like a slot machine type thing. Like, you would, it was gambling. So, of, of course, they would be considered gambling. In fact, now that I've looked into the history of pinball, pinball was around for a long time before there were flippers that was like a new invention yes and that's what that's they uh, really easy for me to say that's what the that's what the game companies added so that it would they were they, they would the pinball machines were no longer seen purely as games of chance when you added the the flippers because then it became skill because i can't even imagine to me flippers are what makes a pinball machine so it's so i can see why that was considered a, a big difference but that's crazy i i always sort of assumed pinball was as it is we were both wrong <laughs> i was i was very wrong and <laughs> and i ended up watching i did get around to watching the documentary tilt the mm, battle to save pinball it's really good so if you're interested in pinball definitely check it out i found it really entertaining um great history stuff just re really neat to look at the pinball machines even and i enjoyed the whole thing really really good nice it was awesome yep yeah so i've been sort of immersed in in pinball stuff Okay, uh, going back a couple of episodes, uh, you and I had talked about Tempest, and um, were we wrong about that too? Did it pay well, out? No, we were actually right about this one. You and I, go us. We, yes, we, it's, a, it's a rare thing, but it's true. <laughs> Celebrate it. Uh, we were we had talked about whether while we were playing Tempest, whether we were going, whether your your uh, ship was at the top of the hole going down, or whether you were at the bottom going up. That's right. And my opinion was, what was my opinion? I think that I was, I was, I can't remember. Am I looking up? Am I looking down? I'm looking sideways. I'm looking through a hole. It's, it's horizontal now. Both of our opinions were that we were at the, the top looking down. That is still my opinion then, and I strongly hold it. Well, and you should, because it's the correct one. Oh, excellent. The creator of Tempest, Dave Thurur, T-H-E-U-R-E-R. -E -R. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Sorry, Dave. Smith. Um, <laughs> He uh, had created a series of videos that were included in one of the, I believe it was one of the uh, Atari collections. Um, it was, it's a really, it was a really obscure 
release. It was on like the Philips CDI or the 3DO or something like oh, that. Oh, sure, right, okay. Yeah, and these videos were were included on a Tempest release for one of those platforms as extras. Well, somebody strung these together and put them up on YouTube. And in this, Dave talks about how his vision for the game was that you were at the top of this hole and these creatures were coming up from the center of the earth to try and escape and, and overtake the world and you were there stopping them. So we well, were correct that yes, you, were, you were at the edge looking down into the hole. I was. And when you do that, sometimes the hole looks back. That's right. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, you remember Rob O'Hara? Flag. I do, of course. He, Flag. he goes by Flag. He, in fact, have you been listening to his podcast? I really like it. And he's got he's on this mission to put out an episode every week this year, like to do fifty two episodes in fifty two weeks. And so far, he's doing it for this year. So he's challenging uh, us. Go yes. Rob. Go Rob. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, and and actually, in number one eighteen, uh, he it, he had, he reviewed the iCade, uh, and he talked about us. And mm-hmm. he was very complimentary, so thank you, so Rob. Uh, yes. We love you, too. And, and it, was a great, it was a great review. I, I strongly recommend people listen to his podcast. It's really good. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So thank you, Rob. Mm-hmm. And did you get any other feedback? This I week, did. Karen? Roberta, who has a great email address and uh, is very funny, wrote to say that we are hypocrites. Because <laughs> we were complaining about 1942 being too slow. We were complaining about 1942 being too hard. And she's like, you know, pick one. <laughs> I pick both. Well, it is slow yeah. and hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. I suppose, I suppose we deserve that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, and, um Oh, and I got feedback from you. You did. You wrote me because I was saying how I didn't get – I couldn't understand – one of the names in 1942 in the high score list. Like, they were all names of previous games, except there was this Exodexus. I'm like, what the hell is Exodexus? You figured it out, that it's actually Xed X's, which was released in the U.S. as Savage Bees. Well, that's why we'd never heard of it, and I'm such a smart guy. Way to go, Mike. Thank (laughs) you, Mike. (laughs) Way to go, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, so Savage Bees. Uh, I tend to lurk around the Atari Age forums. Lurk? Yes, I just I don't, I'm, I'm too afraid to post there. <laughs> uh, and I, a, a couple of episodes back, we had said that uh, Computer Space Fan had c- accused us of not being hardcore enough. He, he wrote another post uh, on January 9th apologizing. Uh, Computer Space Fan, there's really no need to apologize. Uh, I think most, he, no way, he was right. What's that? He should apologize for apologizing. <laughs> right. He was right to call us out. Post again and apologize we're, for apologizing. We're a bunch of lightweights, and he's, <laughs> he's wrong to go back on that. God, no, come on. What's yeah, wrong with you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, seriously, guys, we, lo- we love you over there at Atari Age. Please oh, God, post yeah, away. Such a, and, such a good form. Any, hey, any press for us is good press, and I just love seeing my name in other people's press. <laughs> Uh, other people's posts, so please post away. I'm going to post things about you then. Oh, yes. Challenge accepted. I can't wait. I can't wait. But it's nice to know that they're listening over there, and it looks like Hmm. they really enjoy what we're doing. So thank you, guys. Um, They enjoy the fact that I have beat you. You beat your high score like five weeks in a row. uh, It's the best thing ever. Only four. It's going to be five. No. I'm calling my shot, Mike. No, no. Um, but before we get to, to me finally overcoming the, the Carrington next week, uh, let's talk about this week's game. Oh, Crazy we? Climber. Mm, crazy Climber. It's the first game that we have, we have uh, worked with that is two joysticks at once. Yeah, and that's, this game is remarkably difficult. Uh, but unlike some of the other harder titles where I just kind of get disgusted and quit, <laughs> uh, 
And, or, you know, I'll just go play something easier because, you know, I've got other quarters and games to play. I, I stuck with this one. I actually really like this game. Oh, me too. As me too. Hard, it, was it was frustrating, but very fun. And especially, how, how do you quit when you keep saying, go for it? <laughs> <laughs> it the game is rooting you on. Yes. Uh, the hardest part, the, 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 the worst enemy by far in this game for me was, was the controls. Oh, I yeah. My, I was my own worst enemy, definitely. Oh, yep. yeah, absolutely. And it took me really until two days ago to get the rhythm of how it is you're supposed to climb these stinking buildings. Yeah, and I never really, I didn't have really a problem with the up and down, um, climbing up and down. I, I figured out pretty quickly that the easiest way, obviously, is to, to be in a single column of windows and climb that way. You can also sort of straddle one of the supports so that you're climbing two, two windows, right? Windows, uh, and that was a little bit harder, but that wasn't, I didn't have a problem with that. I had the problem where, and I'm not sure, it's probably mostly me not knowing the controls, but I, with the X arcade um, and the, the way that some of the moves require you to move vertically, or I'm sorry, uh, laterally, left or right, and to to avoid falling objects, bird poop, that sort of thing. <laughs> I was going to say bird poop and flower pots. And <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Um, and signs. what I often found happened for me is that as I'm trying to move sideways, my climber would move sideways and then up to the left or right and diagonally and get stuck there. I could not figure out how to get there were there were a lot of positions in this game where I could not figure out how to get the climber out of the position that he was in. Oh, and then, wait, when, he, when his hands get in a certain order, and you're like, okay, how yeah, do I? Which which yeah, hand and, do I move? Right. Right. Yeah, and, sure. and then it just became then it just became a matter of time before either the windows closed or the pots got me. Or because once I was in those positions, I was pretty much dead. Oh right, yeah, and it, and it is the case. I had wondered for a bit if it was I was working with an eight way joystick. If this is supposed to be four way, but it definitely is. You can reach up on angles, so it is two eight way joysticks that you're supposed to work with. Yeah, and I saw. Some some online um, some some players that are a lot better than than myself posted videos of, of their gameplay and I watched those and they move diagonally just fine so this is obviously me it's just you yeah, it's absolutely totally well and when I first started playing this game I actually went and and was looking for close up shots of the control panel where the directions to play the game were um, posted because I could not figure out how to move at all. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because yeah, it, it is sort of a, like a weird grab with one hand, pull yourself up, grab with the other hand, pull yourself up sort of thing, but you can do it quickly and start to alternate, so you can really get some speed going well, when, you, and, when you get rhythm. And the game rewards you for doing well with speed, too, because you have a speed bonus that, that is awarded to you when you get to the top. So as long if you keep moving as fast as you can all the way up to the top, it's possible to get, I think, 9,900 points bonus. But if you slow down... Or stop, then it drops 100 points, and every time it, it slips a little bit further back, and you don't get the bonus back for increasing your speed again. Right, exactly, because you're, you're getting this score as you go for each story of the building. Like, you get, like, 100 points for, the, the, for one, and then for 150 points in the second building and 200 points in the other. But there's, you're right, there's this, like, time-based thing, and so you're really encouraged to speed up, and then this point... I think it happened to me in the second building where, like, a balloon comes by. You can grab it, and up you go, like, really quickly, 10, 10 floors, and you get points for those. And really interesting stuff happens, like a giant monkey swatting at you. And, and like we said, there's a big bird that, that drops eggs and poo on you, and, and bald guys throwing flower pots down on you, and, yes, the and mad signs falling, and the, tons of stuff. The mad scientists, the mad doctors uh, throwing the flower pots were the only way that I died in this game. And they got that got me every time. The windows never caught me. Getting past the ape was easy. Um, yeah, the ape is easy at the beginning because you just wait for him to get on one side. You scooch up the other and go, ha, ah, suck it, ape. Yeah. That's what you say. Um, it's important to say that part. <laughs> you have to say that or you don't, <laughs> Absolutely. don't progress. You get a bonus for that. 
Uh, Crazy Climber is a coin-operated arcade game produced by Nichu Bitsu in 1980. Uh, it was released, released in North America by the Taito America Corporation uh, in 1982 for the Emerson Arcadia 2001 and various other video game consoles throughout the year. It's kind of neat that the buildings are Nichu Bitsu buildings. They are, yes. Yeah. As you progress through the game, there's there's the standard one, the Nichu Bitsu, and then there's Nichu Bitsu Leisure Nichu Bichu, <laughs> easy for me to say, <laughs> USA, and then the, the UK Limited version, yes. I think is the fourth building. I didn't get to the fourth one. I didn't get to the fourth building. I barely got to the second building. <laughs> I would, And the, the weird thing for me was, I, as soon as I started that second building, the barbells knocked me off, like almost immediately. Oh, um, really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, like I was just getting acclimated, and bang, I'm, I'm knocked and off the building. And once stuff stop, stops coming just straight... It also gets more difficult to avoid when suddenly yeah, you're so like, oh, they wait, start hold flying on. diagonally at you. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. And those signs that fall really quickly when you're supposed to spot them and got to get out of their way fast. And yeah, really, what a fun game though. Like it's just, it's just, it's just fun. You know, like there's something about this game that's just kind of joyous. Like you're gonna be a gonna be a human fly and crawl, and it says you know go for it and the bizarre things that are being thrown at you. There's just a whole lot going on in this game, and it just it seems like such a I don't know, there's something really joyful about this game in some weird way, other than you are, you know, inevitably going to plummet to your doom. But other than that, it's really fun. Well, what surprised me was that, that how was how early this game was released. It was actually released in, released in 1980. Really? Uh, yeah. Holy and, and cow, I would have guessed at least a couple of years that's, after that. That's kind of what I thought, 83 or from, 84. From the look but, alone, that's and, and how much is moving on screen at once. And just, yeah, and just the player involvement and all the things going on. Um, it wow, seems, that's actually really remarkable. I never yeah, would have guessed that. Yeah, it seems much much more advanced than than most of the other games that were from, released from at that 1980. Time. Yeah, yeah, big time. So uh, there was a Jap- uh, Japan only sequel, Crazy Clever Two, which was produced in 1988. It was basically the same game, but it had more sophisticated graphics and a couple of new features. I still can't get past this 1980 thing. I mean, yeah. that's that's like circus and that kind of stuff is out in '80. Right. I mean, it's not a lot of. There's like you know. Asteroids, Ducks, or whatever, but and and I think Berserk is eighty, but much simpler games mostly. Like it's crazy that this would be nineteen eighty. Wow, nice. Anyway, yeah. I'm impressed. Me too. Uh, this is a game that I will definitely be continuing to to play as we progress. Oh heck yeah! Um, oh absolutely I love, yeah! I love the music in this game. It would start off like you start off the building and it starts off with the baby elephant walk theme. <laughs> it does. It and does. then when you get to the top, it starts playing the entertainer. Um, oh, and, the top with that helicopter. Yes, which, you know I missed. You know it's so depressing to climb to the top of one of these these buildings and you wait and the helicopter bounces around and then it just goes away. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you still get to go into the next building when that happens. I now know from experience, but oh, it is so disheartening to not get the helicopter. <laughs> no, don't leave me behind. <laughs> don't leave. The game was developed by Shigeki Fujiwara. I, I think I pronounced that right. Shigeki would go on to program a number of games. Um, this was his first in 1980, and between 1980 and 87, he he also programmed something called Dangar, UFO Robo, Eagle. Uh, Galavan, Cosmo Police, uh, Moon Cresta, Terra Cresta, and Terra Force. So he was quite prolific during the 80s. That's a lot of stuff. It is. Uh, did you know that Crazy Climber has an Easter egg for your for the high score? What? I don't yes. believe you. Prove it, man. You, Prove it. If you enter the initials Jordan.ltd for your what? high score. I can't met- enter that many. Well, this, the, the trick is that this doesn't work on the U.S. version because the, U, the United States version of this game is limited to, to the, the standard three initial high score. Right. So you have to be playing on either one of the bootlegs or the Japanese version. But if you do enter Jordan.ltd, you get two free credits. 
Oh, wow. And that was out in the live version of the game? Yes. So, and you could just do that every time. So you keep playing, you get two credits, you could, you could go for a long time then. Right, but you had to you had to find a cabinet that was either the Japanese release or bootleg. Well, it's worth the flight mm-hmm. for yep. all those free credits. Come on. Um, well, and and these days apparently it's at least around here. This is a game that's hard to find. None of none of my local arcades carry this game. No, um, and when I was a kid, there was one arcade I would sometimes go to that had it, but it I, I didn't really encounter it much then. And I have not seen a crazy climber cabinet in forever. I can't remember the last time I saw this game. You just you just don't see it. Yep. And I was I was hoping to find one because I wanted to play the real thing because I wanted to determine how much of this was my fault and how much of this was the uh, the X arcade sticks what are not you asking me? I'll tell you. It's <laughs> I'm all sure you, you will. baby. Uh, yes, I'm sure you. Yes. <laughs> uh, whenever my confidence needs a be- beating, I just call. <laughs> I'm here for you, man. That's right. I just call Carrington. And he reminds yeah, it, me. It, how, it would be interesting. Um, I was I was playing with my own little assem- cobbled together uh, Mame controllers. So and and they seem to work fine. So I, I don't have experience with the X arcade uh, tank stick or whatever the heck it's called. Although I'd really like to get one. Uh, I have the, the dual, which is the tank stick without the... Oh, without uh, the trackball. Without the trackball. Right. So and I, I hear that they're fairly inexpensive. Well, I guess it depends on how you define inexpensive. Right. <laughs> how much do you have on less you? Less than 100 but, bucks. How's that? But my controller is wobbly, poorly screwed into a plank of wood, because I put it together myself now, and um, really ugly. And the tank stick just looks so, so beautiful and polished. <laughs> and so it just it, it really appeals to me. So it just says Carrington all over it. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful and polished. No, no, the other description. Oh, I see. <laughs> Cobbled together. <laughs> yeah, that might be more accurate. There were several cabinet styles released here. There was the Taito upright standard version, the Nichu Bitu Deluxe uh, cabinet, which was also uh, an upright. There was a cocktail version, a cabaret mini, and a th- another upright standard that was, I think, white in color. Uh, it was white on the sides and uh, and the front, and all it said on the side was "Crazy Climber." It didn't have a, a whole lot of the the uh, artwork. Right. So. Now, have you played this? I think this was ported to at least a few platforms. I remember seeing it on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, but I don't know if I actually played it on that. But do you know if it was a if it used bo- both joysticks on the Twenty Six Hundred, or it would be like a single joystick game? Um, you know, I don't know. This is not one that I've ever played on another platform. And in fact, before this, um, before we, we played it to talk about it for the podcast, I'd only played this game once or twice in the past. Oh. Yeah. Well. So I don't actually know the answer to that. Well, maybe one of our audience members will know, because I never played it on the 2600 either, but I'm pretty sure it was on that, and the Famicom as well. Um, and I never played it on that. So, I'd be, But I'd be interested to see, because like the Atari joystick is an iconic one, but it's single joystick, single button, and I, does that just turn this game easier? You just push up and you climb up? Or, or do you need to use two joysticks, which would be much more complicated, so... I guess maybe somebody can write in and tell us. I'm sure they will. Uh, there were a number of obstacles and dangers to avoid during uh, in this game, including windows that open and close. These are the most common and easy to avoid. They were the bald-headed residents, aka mad doctors, who throw objects like flower pots, buckets of water, and fruit in an offer in an effort to knock you off. A giant condor who drops eggs and bird poop. It's a um, condor. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah I didn't really think of it as a condor. Yeah. Uh, a giant ape who sort of resembles uh, uh, King Kong. With a big head. <laughs> yes. Who who 
punches at you, um, at least on the first building, he's very easy to avoid. Falling steel girders, iron dumbbells, live wires, which protrude off of electrical signs, falling crazy uh, climber signs. Yeah, those things are tough, man. They yeah. come at you quick. And you had mentioned the the, the pink lucky balloon. Yeah. Uh, and if you grab that, you're transported up eight stories to a window, uh, the window onto which you drop uh, maybe about to close. Um, if the window that the climber is dropped onto is fully closed, the balloon pauses there until the window open, opens up again. You don't actually earn any bonus points for catching the balloon, but you award the normal step value for each of the eight floors that you pass while holding onto it. And since you whip past them, it's actually like even better than normal because you're getting, the, you're getting the, the speed bonus. Yep. Yeah, so uh, the balloon is a good thing. If you do complete all four skyscrapers, you're taken back to the first skyscraper where the game starts from the beginning um, and just gets harder. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fairly typical of games. Uh, One of the features um, in this game that was unique was that the difficulty difficulty level of any game was modified to take into account the skill of the previous players. So if the, if a player pushed up the high score to, say, 250,000, uh, any novice player following would get thoroughly wiped out for several games due to the in- increased difficulty level. Holy would, cow, that's a weird feature. Yep, you would have to play it several times uh, to get the difficulty to drop back down again to make it playable if you were said novice. So I wonder if, I mean, hypothetically, because I played a whole bunch until Wednesday and was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that then set the the... The difficulty level really low, and that's why suddenly I got better, because <laughs> it was helping me. I don't know if it dips any lower, or if it starts... Well, like, if a game that's a, a virgin game, if you will, has never been played before, if it's if there's a, a, it's a, a midpoint where it'll dip down, or if that's the lowest it gets, and it only gets harder from there. Because that's such a strange thing, because this is normally just a feature of dip switches. You know, the, the operator decides how many credits, difficulty level, that kind of stuff, so... Yep crazy that it just tries to do it on its own but i guess you know 1980 lots of innovation lots of new stuff everyone thrown out different things into the arcade so i mean lots of lots of really unique features about this game like it really stands out as something very different than the games we've we've looked at so far in, in the various episodes so yes. and, and again so much fun such a fun game loved oh, yes. it. loved this game this is this like in the space of a week has become a top five game for me. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it great? Like oh, it just yeah. it's so it's so pick up and play enjoyable. It's funny. It's just it, it's it's different. Like it's when you play this, it's so much different than playing a lot of other games. Like I, I really can't recommend it enough for for our audience who who may never have given this one a shot. It's definitely worth seeking out. Oh yeah, I I, I think probably most most of the people who. Um, listen to this show. Probably played this game and, and played it much more than we have. And they're shaking their um, head at why we're stuck right. this game. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if if you have not run, run now, run quickly. Go get the ROM. Or if you're lucky enough to have an, a, an arcade that has a cabinet, uh, go there quickly and play a whole lot. It's very definitely, good. definitely. And when they do play a whole lot, they may get a good score, they may get a bad score, but it's time to fess up, Mike. It's time to man up and tell me how badly you did. I'll I'll go first, I'll set the bar, and we'll see how close you get. (laughs) See see how far under it I I can travel. So for my score, hitting uh, roughly lower lower third or so of the third building, I got 55,780 was my highest score, my, my biggest, best tweetable score. And you, Mr. McGinnis? I got 56,000. What? No, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only got to the, to the second building twice this week. And like I said, I was immediately knocked off by the barbells. Um, so my high score was 26,030. 
Well, that's not too bad. It's less than half of yours. Worse than mine. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. I may just tweet my my screenshot a second time. (laughs) Crazy Climber features a Z80 CPU at 3.072 megahertz. Oh, so that's pretty zippy. That probably explains why they can have so much moving on the screen. Yes, the sound chip was the the AY8910 at 1.536 megahertz. I hate you, Carrington. The screen <laughs> screen uh, ori- orientation was uh, obviously it was a horizontal uh, with a video resolution of 256 by 224. I hate you, Carrington. <laughs> you know, I can, um, I can hear that part now. Well, you can't. Oh, oh. That's normally just inside. You're, you're using your outside voice. I, I said that out loud. What? Yes. <laughs> uh, it comes with a palette of 96 colors uh, and is, is one of the few games that we've played so far that has no buttons at all. Uh, it just has two eight-way joysticks. Yeah, the controls discussed. really do stand out as something different than we've played so far. And also the graphics aren't great. To be honest, like one thing that jumped out at me sort of at first was I was like, it's kind of amateurish looking graphics compared to other games. Now, it's a really early game and it is very colorful. So it's got that going for it. But it doesn't look like the the best graphics guy did things. Everything's a little a little off. The windows are a little not symmetrical, that kind of stuff. So I was like, it needs just that quick polish, I think, I think. Um, But other than that, you know, truly. the definition of a classic game. This this thing kicks butt. It does. Yeah. Um, well, and, and for me, I think the difference between this and some of those other harder games where I would just walk away was that for whatever reason, I kept feeling that if I just dropped one more quarter in, I could do better. You know? That's totally the key. And we've talked about that on a few games. Like I felt like that when I was playing Moon Patrol. And you always get to this point where you always think, if I, I, I died, but I died kind of for my own fault, and if I took another shot, I could get better. And like a good game especially a game trying to get quarters out of somebody has that as the secret to its design. You always think I could, I could be a little bit better at Pac-Man, a little bit better at Donkey Kong. Like all the classic games leave you feeling like just with one more quarter, I could get to another scene. And this game definitely does that. Every time I fell off that building, I thought, ah, I totally could have avoided that. Yeah, me too. And it's frustrating for me because I knew the, the points where I was going to die. Um, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, here's here's where it's going to happen. And it did every time. Like the, I would always lose my last life right after the ape. So you, you get past the, the ape that's taking punches at you. The building narrows to two columns for a little while. And then as soon as it expands out back to six columns, you've got all the mad doctors throwing the, the pots at you. And, and I knew that I would die there. And I did almost every time. But for whatever reason, I kept thinking, oh, I could just get by that. I, you know, if I, if I just – because the thing about the pots is you can take a hit from the pot as long as both of your hands are planted on a sill. And so, yeah, and that's the key is you just, as long as you've got a good grip with both hands, the pots will bounce off your head and you're fine. Right. It's, it was bonker. well. It was the double pots that got me because sometimes they would drop two at, at the same time. Right. And I wasn't fast enough to get the, my hand back up before the second one hit. The other one that got me a lot was the if if you're moving too quickly, the scientist, the, the doctor will pop into the window as you're getting to it and then drop the pot on you immediately. Oh yeah, and then you so, really have no chance. Right. Basically. So he knocks yeah. one of your hands off when he appears, and the other one the pot hits you, and you, you can't you can't escape that. So. Right. Uh, as well as you did, Carrington, uh, the current official record holder for this game, Jim Wright, is in no danger from you. Oh. Uh, his record was set on July 5th, 1982, with 487,150 points. Yeah, he did better than me. Yes. <laughs> that is much, it's crazy. 
every time we bring up one of these like world record high scores, my mind boggles that somebody can actually play a game, even just play it long enough to get to that score. Like even if it was you're so good that you could never lose a man, I'd have to go to the bathroom quicker than I could get to the score. Like how do you stand at the machine that long? Well, I used to wonder about that, and then I saw movies like The King of Kong and uh, Chasing. But that Ghosts. was done with CGI. What people? What going to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was fake. <laughs> well, I, I used to wonder about that, and guys would talk about how they would play for fifty-two hours and things like that, and I just i I would fall asleep long before then. Yep. Uh, but I, I guess some games have you know little. I, I don't know if they're what you would call like patterns or place hiding places where you could set your guy and like in Pac-Man, I guess there's a place you could put your, put the Pac-Man where the ghost wouldn't get him. So you could run to the bathroom, get a drink, whatever. Oh, cool. Um, I yeah. Know that. Um, so the, there, there are, I guess the, the marathon players and the guys that do set these scores. Oh, if I walked by and there was like a high score going in, I'd have to nudge the joystick. <laughs> you just have to mess it up. <laughs> and then I would just stand there and wait. Oh, oh you're I'm such, sorry. You're such a great guy. Karen. And then I put my quarter on and go, I got next game. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, it looks like there were a total of four official games in the series that were released. Uh, the Crazy Climber in 1980, Crazy Climber 2 in 88. Hyper Crazy Climber was released in 1996 for the Sony PlayStation, as was Crazy Climber 2000 in the year 2000. Uh, it was ported to the Atari 2600, the Arcadia 2001, the, the Nintendo Famicom, Super Famicom, uh, PlayStation um, the Bandai Wonder Swan, the PlayStation Two. Oh, the There's... Wonder Swan! Holy yeah. cow! I haven't thought of that in forever. <laughs> remember you remember that thing? Those? That, well, it is. It's a little handheld yeah. thing that had two like D pads instead of like a. So, but you had like two D pads. It was. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I haven't I haven't thought of that in forever. Yeah, I didn't have that, but but I had a friend who did, um, and I remember he had this game on that. Uh, it was also released for the Sharp X sixty eight thousand and. I guess Bandai released a couple of um, VFD handhelds, uh, and they released an LCD keychain handheld game that featured this. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this has definitely become one of my favorite games, and I, I'm going to play until I beat your high score. I will not leave my computer until I've done that, and then I will come back and gloat several weeks later. And you'll <laughs> go, you'll go, yes, we have moved on from that, Mike. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll say it now, record it. We have moved on from that, Mike. That's right. And I'll we'll just play, play that, that sample. That's right. So speaking of moving on, yes. I think we should give people a chance to guess our next game by listening to an audio sample. What do you think of that idea, that original fresh idea? I think you're being too nice to them. I think they should guess without the sound effect. I think we should just hum it. <laughs> here's, a, here's a sample from next week's game. Hmm. <laughs> So I think that about wraps up everything I have to say about uh, this excellent, wonderful game called Crazy Climber. What about nothing you, else? Could nothing could possibly be said? We've said everything. We've said all the letters in all the orders. We're we're a, a, a million monkeys banging away on a million typewriters. I'm at least a million monkeys. Look at me. I see. That's true. So thank you everyone for tuning in again, um, and we look forward to seeing you all in a week.
You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback to the show can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet productions, the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain.